The Dharma talk this morning is is titled, and it's a metaphor, so I'm trying to find a way to express something, to talk about something. So I'm going to start with a metaphor. And as we know, metaphors are uh, representative, but they're incomplete. And so this is, uh, this title is a walk between thoughts. So walk between your thoughts. It's a metaphor to help you not ignore your thoughts, not get rid of your thoughts, not push on your thoughts, not eliminate them, uh, but move between them. And you'll notice and using another metaphor to help you, the thoughts are like, uh, like trees. Uh, some of them are uh, red pine and some of them are red woods. So some of them have just been here the length of your lifetime and some here have been here for the length of all your lifetimes. So walk between them. And then emotions, they continue to use that metaf- metaphor a little bit further. Walking through a woods, sometimes there's a fog in between the, the trees, in between the thoughts. And then that fog is emotion. And I would say, uh, don't get trapped. And how do you uh, keep from getting trapped? Is you see that you're being trapped. So don't jump out of the trap before you see the way it's got a hold of you. It's always about awareness. It's never about success or failure. If you do that, you're going to go in circles because thoughts are way more powerful than uh, your intention. Uh, that being said, if your intention gets stronger, if you, and, which it can get that way through the sitting practice of meditation, Sit down, hold still, find out who you are. You don't want to have guesswork around this. You don't want to have the kind of guesswork that is engendered by success and failure and right and wrong. And what do you think about what I'm thinking about, what you're thinking? What do they think about what he thinks about what she's on and on and on? You know, it's just a, it's a, if you look at it for any length of time at all, you immediately think this is crazy. It's crazy to go in circles like this. You could actually be responsible for your emotions and your feelings. How do you do that? Walk between, walk between those thoughts. Move, see the thoughts, or get rid of them, because they just go in hiding, and you and you you actually melt into the thoughts or into the trees or into that situation. So you cannot uh, deal with thoughts in a way that is sane, intelligent. Rather, it's insane. If you believe your thoughts. You're crazy. Sorry. Don't mean to criticize you. But if, you, if, you're, uh, if you're enamored and if you're clinging to your thought patterns and you try to solve your problems in your life using thoughts, it's not going to work because you are not, you're not just a, a typewriter. You're not just a, a, a lawnmower. You're, not, you're mechanical to some extent, but your basic nature is uh, uh, you can't find it. You can't find your basic nature. Want to know why? Because you're not separate from anything. You're not separate from the most horrible neighbor you've ever had. You're not separate from the, the closest, most cherished child you've ever met. Or you're not separate from anything. Your dynamic, your relationship to different things is going to be uh, quite often qualified by the level of hope for something better and fear of something worse. Hope and fear. Uh, how do you deal with hope and fear? Just watch it. Just observe it. Just be aware of it. If you try to you can't get rid, get rid of something by get rid, getting rid of its name, by getting rid of its description. You have to actually see the situation itself, and then the very structure that holds it together will begin to decay. Everything decays. Anything that comes into being goes out of being. Good luck. You're one of them. When they say you're one of them, fundamentally you're not, but relatively you are, because this body-mind is going down. It's going back into the elements of Fire, water, earth, air. It's going back into that. 
fundamental nature. And that can be terrifying, or you can enjoy yourself. Great fun. So walk between the thoughts. How do we do that? I don't think you can do it uh, without some kind of mind training. I'm not saying you can't. There's always going to be different kinds of people coming into this uh, this uh, realm of the human realm who, who might have, because of causes and conditions, might have a stronger ability to see more clearly already. Sometimes they're very tiny people. And as they get older, if nobody makes life worse for them or more challenging or spins them more in circles by continually throwing, throwing them on the uh, merry-go-round. Because it's always about awareness. You can't think your way out of this or into it or around it. You can't. Uh, thinking won't work. Thinking is a, uh, the example I use, and it probably is getting pretty irritating to people after a while, but I don't mind. Uh, it's like trying to eat uh, eggs over easy with pliers. Even a fork doesn't work really well. So how, how do we do this? We, we do it by observing the situation very, very carefully. How do we do that? How do we train ourselves to do that? Sit down, hold everything still that you can, which means the body-mind complex, and some aspects of the mind will settle down right away. But basically, the body is still. You don't have to do this very long. In other words, if you try to, if you try to force yourself to stay there, even though this has been done through, down through the centuries, mainly because of macho men trying to control things, it's not all there. there uh, it's not all because of that, but some of it, just trying to control. Because we, when we're out of control, we're terrified, we're worried, we immediately want to find, how can we stop this? How can we control this? And so we immediately resort to the thinking process. Well, maybe if I do this, maybe guesswork, maybe if I do that. You might want to just, I'll say that again, you might want to just hold still and watch what continues to tumble around, roil around, go over and under and up and down, backflip this way and this way. That's the mind. Or that's what the mind shows up as. If you do that, over a length of time, you will eventually be able to see the way in which you keep deceiving yourself. And what is self-deception? Just thinking there is a self. If you think you're separate from everything, you're going to suffer. And I'm not condemning you to anything. I'm just describing something. How do I know? Happens here. Happens here. If it hasn't happened here, I can't talk about it. If I got rid of my experience and become a better person, a more enlightened person, you know, higher echelon, I look higher. If I'd done that, then I couldn't help you, assuming that I can help you. And all I'm doing to help you is point to it. I'm saying, find out who you are. Sit down, hold still. Look, look at the wall. You can look at the floor. But and here we have a form, and this is what we do. We sit down, look at the wall. Eyes are open. Uh, attitude is open. If you can find that little switch, turn everything on receive. Listen, smell, taste, touch. Think. You don't have to stop your thinking. Misunderstanding goes back centuries trying to stop the thought process or trying to be artificially uh, mindful. It's not going to work. Oh, unless it does, I could be wrong. I probably am wrong. But if you're in here listening to me, this is probably the way you need to hear it. You might go to one of these other big buildings around where somebody's talking about something else. Maybe you need to hear that. That's up to you. I have to have your permission to teach. That's called, what is that called? A student. So I don't function as a teacher unless there's a student. There's no students, then I stay in bed, literally. So the idea here, using that metaphor again, using that, that metaphor again, you have to see the thoughts. And the way you do that, you sit down, hold still, 
and you become you get more and more intimate with your with the structure of your own thought process. They show up and they go away. They show up and they go away, or they show up and they and we push them and then they stay, or we uh, we add on to them. Well, it's because I'm feeling this way because of this and this and this. We create a network, a a, a mosaic, a complicated uh, matrix of thought processes about, about, about. It's because of this, because of that. We attribute blame. Don't blame. Don't blame. Don't blame and you won't have to forgive. Interesting formula. Don't blame anybody for anything. Forgiveness, forgiveness is, don't worry about that. Don't worry about forgiveness. Just don't blame. If you think somebody's at blame, including yourself, if you think you're at fault for something, this is a misunderstanding. I'm not saying that that might tag along with you like a stray dog, but that's fine too. It's always about awareness. It's about the awareness is the space in which things occur. It's the space between the trees, between the thoughts. When we get rid of the thoughts, just look at that spaciousness. Uh, it becomes uh, more and more vast. If you look at all the space that is available, pretty hard to find a tree. Look up. Well, can't hear because of the second floor. If you, if you, a simple contrast is look down, go outside, look down, there's dirt. Look up and there's space. That's the formula. Help me out here. Ask me some questions. Yes, Kion. Is our thoughts mind? It's, it's an aspect of mind. It's the crunchy part. So so when, go ahead. When we um, walk between thoughts, are we walking in mind? Mm -hmm. you, can't get, you can't get away from mind unless you do. Simply put, your talk title was uh, "Walking Between Thoughts." Yes, and thoughts have um, seems like textures, characteristics. Mm -hmm. What is between thoughts? What does mm -hmm. it mean to be between the thoughts? To see them very, very clearly. To see so, the thoughts. If, yes, to see them, and, and the way in which you do that is to um, the way I was trained, or the way this whole tradition is what it's about, is to see the truth yourself. There's nothing to believe in, nothing to disbelieve in. You don't have to go. That's a, a that's a different level. Not wrong. Some people. That's the only way they can practice the spiritual path is to do it with beliefs. We don't do that here. Nor do we disbelieve. So what you do is you just observe the way in which the thoughts continually to latch on. Don't fight with them. Fight with nothing. No more warfare at all. And that might involve seeing how much you keep spontaneously just going to war and going to war. You might do that for years, months, weeks. Decades, you could do that for decades. I certainly did. I started a while back. Yes. Can you see the, um, do you need to see the beginning and the ending of a thought to see the space? Is there a beginning and an ending? Find out. If I told you, you wouldn't believe me anyway. You'd forget it. You'd go have lunch somewhere. <laughs> you know, I mean, we think about it and it's really crisp and it's very, uh, it's in front of us and we're concentrating on that and then just drops away. We do something. This is why it's necessary to meditate. Unless you don't want to. And what I, what would I say? But don't meditate. Go do something else. Live your life. Could be difficult. Might be a good idea to train your mind. You don't have to join this. There's nothing to join. There's no membership here. I don't have any, uh, there's no card carrying situation here. On the other hand, if you want this, uh, I'll show you how to do it. Use it. Can we go directly to looking up and seeing the space? You're, yes. How do we do that? You're doing it. That's why I often say you're all, what you're looking for, you're looking at all the time. It's just covered up with three or four uh, lids and box covers and uh, and uh, blinds and curtains and uh, what are those? Uh, Venetian blinds. 
they're just everything is covered up. And what are those? Those are thoughts. Those are the trees that, that, that we get attached to those things and those hang on to us. Your particular style is to have three or four different reference points that you keep going to and you miss the space between them. I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just describing something more. Ask me about it. How do we see the space if all we see are trees? No, good question. Look at the trees. Just look at the trees. The trees are the space, but I can't tell you that too soon because then you'll look for space instead of for the trees. Look for the trees. <clears throat> They're really big. <laughs> More? Does there need to be a discrete quality to the trees to see the space? What do you mean by discrete? Kind of what Gilkido was asking about the beginning and end. Like you often say, I think that you can't find the beginning and ending of a thought. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering... Just trying to pin down something about that discrete quality of trees. If they if the trees all blend together, how could there be space? I don't know. You're pretty good at <laughs> Let's find out if Shodo knows. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> Can I ask that question? Can you ask the question again? Yeah. If the trees all look like they blend together, how can there be space? That's just appearance. You're solidifying the space <laughs> into thought. You're actually planting more trees. Yes, sir. I mean, miss. What happens to the thought when you look at it directly? Uh, if you look at it directly, there can be quite, quite a bit can be said about that, but it, it either becomes transparent, like unreal or so insubstantial, uh, or, or it could take lots of different shapes. It might not go away. Uh, might lose its uh, arms and legs. Uh, it might might change in some way. It's quite a bit like thinking something is real and then seeing, oh no, wait, I'm watching television. Uh, oh, oh wait, I'm uh, I was on stage three minutes ago, believing what was happening, and now I'm I'm not even one of the characters. Now I'm just in the front row, looking at a metaphor I use quite often. I say, get get off stage, get in the front row, don't leave the theater. If you abandon it, it'll track you down, and then it'll be, you know, something happening in a dark alley somewhere, which you think will be real. So stay in the theater. In other words, keep training your mind. Sit down, hold still, watch the movement, and then your particular dynamic of what's happened to you, your karma for the last whatever number of years, what are you, about 30? <laughs> <laughs> so your particular karma shows up in a, in a way and interacts. It's called... Uh, uh, Conditioned arising, things are happening. So uh, if you look at that, you can see that you don't really have a solid personality anywhere. It's, it has a personality, it's just not solid. And so just, we do it through awareness rather than through concluding. Don't conclude anything. If you conclude, then you've, you've uh, it's like everything comes in the si inside of shrink wrap. You know, you just have this position or that position, quite often called an opinion. More? Is it appropriate to think of... of giving those thoughts to the Buddha, if that's what's causing suffering? <clears throat> there, there's some, there are some practices that function that way, more of a devotional kind of situation. And some people need that, might need to take that particular path. That's why there's a Buddhism that has so many different paths. But any, any religion has lots of different ways because there's so many different people are wired so many different ways. But perhaps, but I think the best thing to do, insofar as there is a best, is to sit down, hold still, and just watch what moves. If you can hold everything still, you don't even have to call it meditation. Uh, call it uh, asparagus. But don't don't call it that because we've already used that name. <coughs> Our house next door. But you know, just sit down and just 
wholesale, sit in a symmetrical posture and watch what continues to, to show up and come up and go away and come up. And just the watching of that without interfering, without grasping, without rejecting, without bumping into the trees, just just maintaining that uh, kind of a, it's kind of an artificial spaciousness. Sit down because really the ego mind doesn't want to sit down. That's why it's, if you're meditating and it doesn't feel very good, you're probably doing it right because it's weaning yourself away from entertainment, not entertaining to watch thoughts come and go. It's not like walking in the forest and enjoying it. Some people will say, I just go into nature. And so it's, it's not wrong. It's just that that's about pacifying the aggression and the, and the passion and the clinging and the grasping and the craving and the lusting and everything, pacifying it by soothing it. Not wrong. We might want to do a little bit of that. But if you want to train that to work with the fundamental source of that aggression, it seems to be necessary to look it right in its red eyes. Welcome. Don't get hooked on the red eyes. Yes. If we're endeavoring to observe the space in which things arise, thoughts come. You talk about contrast, and when thoughts move, they seem to attract attention. So how can it's choiceless to, for attention to go there? How can you not get hooked? You're going around a little bit. You need to give me a specific question. Otherwise, I, I get confused. If the thoughts pop up choicelessly, and it seems like attention is choicelessly going there, how do we get, not get hooked? You don't have to not get hooked. That's a misunderstanding. Trying not to feel bad. Or trying not to, not to, not to. So just see that. Just watch the hooks. They're, they're unreal. And if you if you think you're real, you'll struggle with them, just like a, a just like a fish. Don't, the idea is to uh, to work with the struggle in a very direct way. And how is that? Watch the struggle. See if there really is a struggle. See if there really is anything to be worried about or afraid of. Look at how do you do that? You look at the fear. If you try to cover up fear, then you'll just continue to go around continue, continually looking for cover ups for fear. Let's go into it. And this is how do you do that? You sit down, make friends with yourself, sit down, look at the negativity over and over and over. I, I don't think it can be done in a few weeks or even a few years. I think it takes a, a, a lifetime. But I, what do I know? You know? Maybe you don't need to do this at all. You should trust yourself. Don't believe a word I say. You're here. You, you could listen. You could give me the benefit of the doubt and say, oh, let's see. Well, that seems like that might be helpful. But I, I don't need believers. I don't want them. I don't want followers. I'll follow anything. I don't. Question from Bosker. Bosker in Texas. Says, watching during sitting practice seems to be going forever, yet something feels very close and immediate, but frustratingly elusive. What should I do? Continue. Just continue. Just continue to practice. Continue to return to the cushion, sit down, hold still, watch what moves. Um, an hour later, two hours later, four hours later, whatever it may be, strike the bell, get up, and go do something else. If someone sees what this is, is there still the quality of the forest? Yeah, still there. Just unreal. As long as there's a human form, uh, then unless something goes wrong biologically with a person, but there's it's thoughts can come and go. They just can't find a thinker. They can't find any, any because we think, we think, but we don't. We receive thoughts. Everything that, all every thought you've ever had is receiving. There isn't anyone thinking this up. <laughs> if there was, you'd be screwed. <laughs> you 
you couldn't do anything about it. You'd be, it'd be, you'd just be locked in and there would be no life. There'd be no vibrancy. There'd be no, um, have you noticed how we, ha we have this incredible relative freedom and what do we, what do we do with it? What's that word? Squander. Yeah. Yeah. We don't waste your precious human birth. You can't get here. You can't choose to get here. At least unless you work in deep consciousness, there are ways where it looks like we choose it, but your ego mind is not choosing this. You can't choose this. It, it just comes out of dependent origination. It comes out of, of uh, things not being uh, separate. Children. What is not squandering this precious? Look at it. Look at it. See the value of, of incredible value. Uh, not only the value of being, being a living being rather than a consciousness that has no uh, reference point, which is, uh, happens in, a, in the intermediate state. Don't believe a word I say. I don't, I don't need your belief in anything. Don't agree. Don't disagree. Don't look away. More? How do we look at life off of the cushion? Same thing. Just watch what moves. You don't have to do it as a discipline. Post-meditation, the way I talk about it is don't worry about it. Just hang out. You feel like crap, feel like crap. Don't leave your feeling for something about your feeling. It's not that it's not true. It's not that somebody didn't say something insulting to you. But it's not going to help you to to enter into some kind of contrast or some kind of warfare with what somebody else did. It just, it, it just creates more circles. And also you don't have to necessarily reject it or run away from it or pretend that it's unreal. Just feel that more. Can we choose to see more clearly? So there's a little bit of that. Uh, the way we do that in this tradition is to do it with, you can, you know, I can move my arm. I can pick up the kotsu. I can put it back down again. Uh, so I, I have there's a whole lot of uh, relative choice happening with the physical form of the body. When you get into the, the consciousness area, uh, that's more formless. It has forms, but the forms have no handles and levers and switches. And so you're kind of at the mercy of the causes and conditions that have been happening uh, to you or to me or for, to anyone for uh, centuries. Time doesn't even enter into it because that realm is, uh, is without time and space in the conventional sense. Yes. So then with an instruction like walking between the thoughts, mm -hmm. I feel like, I guess it feels like it's useless. Yeah, well, you probably won't be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so what am I saying? I'm saying, uh, what I'm saying is, is training, sit down, hold still, and then thoughts will come. And I'm saying, uh, I'm just using that as a metaphor. You don't have to turn them into trees necessarily, but notice the thoughts and and thank you for the question, by the way, because it helps me go into it in this other in another way. Is watch the thoughts arise. See that you can't see them coming and you can't see them going. And even though you have the experience of thoughts, begins to tell you something about the nature of thoughts. So, and I'm not going to go, in, uh, go into some kind of philosophy about it or psychology. Abhidharma's already done that. We don't need to do that more. There are billions of words written on it. So, but what you can do as an individual practitioner who is interested in studying. Uh, the, the teachings of, of the Buddha is to see that everything is dependently arisen. And how do we do that? You're sitting and you watch the thoughts arise. You notice that some of them have a really strong flavor of negativity. Some have a flavor of positivity. Some are kind of neutral and are just uh, kind of generic processes happening about uh, what time to uh, uh, take the clothes out of the, out of the washer or think, you know, things like that. <clears throat> and notice the space in which they occur. Just change your allegiance a little bit from clamping onto the thoughts or the ideas, the opinions, and just uh, 
um, let them do whatever they want to do, whatever they do. And how you do that, you, you, um, I know I can't say that you can give them more space, but you can not necessarily fill up the space that's already there that the thought actually brought with it. Just in a relative, very relative way of saying it. The thought and space are not two different things. They just look like it. Yes. And is that an act of doing tonight? Yes. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, it's called uh, practicing meditation. Sit down, hold still, and observe, observe, observe. Don't conclude. If you conclude, uh, then you actually leave, you actually fill up the space with your ideas, your opinions, your hopes, and your fears about the thought. So you don't, and don't you don't have to get rid of the thoughts. You don't have to do anything with it. They're on, there's no there's no actual identity called the thinking person. So as you do that, uh, it might take some time. It's going to take some time. It'll definitely take some time. It's going to take a lot of time. Uh, I wouldn't even bother. <laughs> well, certainly, if you're in this room, you probably are at least ready to hear this. You might not be ready to train your mind or do uh, take my suggestions, but you're you're you're, you're interested in this, and so uh, I have to have permission to teach. When you come in this room and sit down, I come in here and go through this little ritual and sit down and present myself to somebody who knows something, uh, then you can at least consider what I'm saying. Because I really don't. This isn't coming out of, out of knowledge. I don't have any knowledge. My memory's shot. Ask anybody that <laughs> lives with me. <laughs> yes. Yes, go ahead. If it doesn't come from any knowledge, where does it come from? I have no idea. You don't need to know. You don't need to know. The source, sources, source information is, uh, uh, is uh, propaganda. Anybody that tells you they know anything about where something comes from, uh, it's they're, if they're trying to use it to control you or uh, be suspicious of that. Let no one take over. Anything. Yes. Some questions online. Um, Good. Greg from the UK says, hi, post meditation. How do we know when we are master of thoughts versus when we are slaves of our thoughts? I mean, is it possible to think, quote, I am in control of my thoughts when I'm actually a slave. That's quite a setup for a question, but I would say uh, the whole idea of uh, being, being free and being a slave is the problem, that there's a difference between those two. So there's no relative freedom is just that. It's lasts that long, and then you're right back to relative imprisonment. So don't do that. Don't, don't enter into that. And the whole idea of control, question that, uh, Greg from the UK. For the next year, don't control anything. In other words, don't have an agenda about trying to control who you are, or what you're doing, or, or your thoughts. Just observe. If you, if you were in a prison, you wanted to get out of the prison, you better spend some time looking at the bars. You need to, like uh, Nagar, uh, Nagarjuna said in his praise of Dharmadatu in the, a piece written that he wrote in the uh, uh, first century of the of this uh, uh, last millennia. Uh, uh, he referred to it as the cage of your afflictions. That your very afflictions, your your passion, your aggression, and your ignorance are you're you're imprisoned by those. How do you how do you become free uh, from that? You look at the bars. You look at the passion. Look at the aggression. If you try to get rid of it, I don't like that feeling. I'm gonna you know there's all kinds of ways to modify your behavior. Or anything from just literally putting drugs in your body to uh, going for walks every day or playing golf or anything. Not wrong. I'm not here to criticize anybody having a good time or enjoying the, the woods and, you know, heck with thought process. 
go out and enjoy the trees. So I'm saying that's good. But if, if you're having difficulty, this is a way of working with it. Sit down, hold still and watch the movement, the fundamental nature of passion, aggression and ignorance without fighting with it. Go, go to war with nothing. Question from Laura in Traverse City. Yes. How, how does the experience of meditation change over time? Uh, it goes away. At some point, the boundary between meditation, observing and post-meditation not not observing so much and just wandering around bumping into trees uh that 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 just starts to collapse because it is it is it is uh it is enforced or or uh reified or substantiated or supported by <clears throat> uh the three poisons by grasping rejecting and ignoring and so at some point if you no longer do that if you're no longer concerned with what happens in your mind nor do you look away from it I'm not talking about ignoring. You just you just don't mind because there's no solid being there anymore. So therefore, the most horrible, intense emotion comes, and it might might stir things up for a while. But since there's nobody there that's concerned about it, it goes away because it can't find someone. It's like uh, um, I don't know if I can come up with another metaphor. It's like what the ghost in the works. There isn't anything. There isn't anyone there. But also, you can't go the other way and intellectually try to prevent yourself from feeling narcissistic or self-centered. You don't have to fight with it. It's unreal. So to Laura, is it Laura? Yeah. So to Laura, uh, just observe the boundary between meditation, the formal practice of training the mind to see clearly the truth for yourself, not a belief system. Uh, Buddhism is not a belief system. I don't care how many people in robes tell you it is. It is not. Not the way I understand the teachings of the Buddha. So sit down, hold still, train your mind. At some point, you'll see clearly all the time. That doesn't mean you won't have crazy thoughts or even evil thoughts or horrible or scary thoughts, but there's no one to scare. It's kind of like being in a theater with a, watching a Stephen King movie. If you go and watch The Shining, can you watch The Shining without believing what you're watching? Has anybody seen The Shining? Four people, five people. <laughs> very, very scary movie. Then it's really difficult not to uh, think Lauren that's... Lauren didn't think it was scary. Huh? Lauren didn't. Well, your daughter's an exception. She doesn't, she's not afraid of it. <laughs> Ed? What, what does it mean to not be separate? Uh, it's very simple. You're, you're just not, you're not concerned about the separations that other people are so jangled up about. It's not that you don't participate. It's not you don't, that you don't uh, share. If you're with someone who's very frightened, you're probably going to feel frightened too because everything is not separate. It's sometimes called compassion. Although I, I hesitate to use that word too much because it has so, it's so loaded with preconceptions. Not separate. So this means if someone's af afraid, you're afraid. If someone is uh, miserable and torturing themselves, you're miserable and torturing yourselves. At that same instant. Same instant. Yeah. You don't separate yourself from anything. No more uh, really good guy who's smarter and knows more, is more spiritual, more holy, more detached, more mindful. Are there characteristics in non-separation? Yes. What, what, what is an example? This, not separate. I don't see anything that isn't, isn't this. I don't see something else. There's no else. As it says in, uh, when I ordained uh, Uno, what, how many years ago? 2010. 20, 20, that would be 10 years ago. See, I'm, sometimes I can do math. <laughs> so if I'm looking around seeing all these different faces and so forth, I how, how do I reach the point to where I notice everything? There's no point. There's, don't, there's no point. Just stop ignoring it. And how do you do that? 
you sit down and, and see the way you ignore what is happening in the mind stream. Because it, it, ignorance has to start in the mind stream. And that ignorance shows up lots of different ways. One of the ways is an assumption about something. That's ignorance. Or a, a resumption of something. That's ignorance. Or uh, an elimination. Or a, or a conclusion. A conclusion gets right in the way of your Buddha nature. Right in the way of your wisdom mind. By If you believe something or disbelieve something, you do anything with it, it just clouds everything. And you can't see the forest for the trees. Okay, so what we're saying is don't search, just look. Is that a correct statement? No. <laughs> okay. Keep coming home. Yeah. Ask me another question. I can't say any more. Good. I like that. <laughs> That's it. Don't uh, be confused. How do you think I feel? I don't know. I mean, be confused. <laughs> and look at who I'm looking at. <laughs> I mean, how, I, I can't do this if I'm some special person who's not confused. If I'm talking to people who are confused, I have to be confused. I can't help you. But when I say I, it's not, it's just confusion. It's not, there's no one who's confused. But there's no one conf who's confused there either. You're not, there's no one. If you, Your confusion is completely uh, uh, self-existing. It just has its own kind of dynamic. You don't have to tie it up and string it up with everything else uh, and make it some kind of, this is called spiritual materialism, according to my teacher. Or was that other question? Yeah, Jesus. Are we better off not walking? No, you should, using that metaphor, yeah, you should, yeah, you should move, you should live, live your life, yes. So are we walking towards something then? What's the quality of, of the walking? If, if you're, if you're uh, as you are, if you're sewing a robe to become a monk, then you're definitely walking. You're, you're walking on a path called a Buddha Dharma. Uh, no promotion here. Don't do anything unless you have to. And certainly don't become ordained unless you have to. If, if, if you think, well, I don't know, don't do it. Don't do anything unless you have to do it. It'll eliminate a whole lot of extra crap in your life. Just don't do it. But whatever, whatever you have to do, then, then look at the intention of the motivation behind that. See if you're operating out of habit. And you don't have to correct the habit. All you have to do is see it. What is creativity in light of don't do anything unless you have to? Get out of the way of the world. Get your own personal stuff out of the way. So, so the, the creativity that is trying to speak through your body, speech, mind complex uh, can have it say. If you're if the self-centeredness is doing it, uh, not very good music. You know what I'm saying. Uh, and I'm not saying any type of music is wrong or bad or anything. Any this could music, art, uh, literary expression can show up. Uh, even cooking can show up as uh, sourceless. What do you think makes those trees? <laughs> Who do you think makes those trees? Good answer. Question from I'm thinking it's Gary Huey, it's Gary H. Um, it says looking at where my thoughts originate, they seem to appear out of nowhere from a need to purvey a meeting. Can you speak to where thoughts come from before we have the sense of purveying that meaning? They're always hanging out in the wings. They're all they're always somewhere around. They're just they're, they're just spontaneous and they get triggered by hope and fear. Don't want that to, or feelings that, that, that drift like smog through our mind. Harder to see the, the, the solidity of the emotions or the feelings, yet are pretty intense sometimes. So just observe. It's done with awareness, not with concluding or figuring it out. You can't figure this out. Uh, people try. Freud tried. Uh, 
uh, all kinds of philosophers have tried to use the thinking process to figure it out and pretty impressive stuff, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't see the fundamental situation because it's a, it's a mundane path of figuring it out rather than a spiritual path of transcending, transcending this world, transcending the so-called imputed or believed in physicality of this. It's not that we're not here, that we don't have hands, but they're, uh, it's a relative situation until it's what? Not. Until you fundamentally see what it is. Believing and disbelieving, believing uh, uh, enforces or fuels the separation that, that, that creates everything from, from just a, um, a basketball game to uh, actual war where people are dying. I'm not saying you shouldn't pay, play basketball. I'm not saying you shouldn't even go to war. It's, you're not going to be able to get in the way of that because it's dependently arisen. You can't, you can't start in the middle of a, a house burning down and, you know, with a squirt gun. It's not going to work. You might feel like, well, at least I'm doing something. But that's, what, that's, that's a very uh, polished, highly rarefied form of self-centeredness and narcissism. And you might better get out of the building, uh, and let the building burn. When I say let, I'm saying see that this is overwhelming and work with somebody, something that's, uh, that's uh, overwhelming but is also something you, you have, you're able to see. And that's your mind, your, your, that, that production area that happens where everything is thoughts are produced over and over again. So become aware of that yes is war an expression of creativity mm-hmm. yeah. don't you have another question like why yes is there a distinction um between like a selfless creativity that shows up as war and then a situation where we've kind of doubled up and made an artificial war simplify that question he hasn't simplified it yet Still waiting too. <laughs> I follow what you're saying, but but to go into that with some kind of response just uh, digs more grooves in it. Go ahead. I guess I can say where the air, where that's coming from. I'm thinking of like how it looks like we're on the brink of another really big war right now, and it seems like well, if everyone there was training their minds, maybe that wouldn't happen. So I'm wondering if even that is creative. So what I would say about that is be aware of that, of whatever's happening in the world, since we have the technology to know what's, we know more about what's happening in uh, uh, Istanbul than we do about what's happening uh, in Soresco, a little town uh, a few miles away. So we this incredible, what uh, Marshall McLuhan said in, back in the 1950s was a global village. It's, it's becoming a global village. And so uh, the upside is it's a global village and the downside is it's a global village. It's like it's got its pluses and minuses. But the most important thing I can say to any of you here today, if you're listening, which I hope you are, is train your mind. Find out who you are. Don't take your unexamined warfare and your unexamined confusion and your unexamined passion, aggression, ignorance out into the world post-meditation and project the things that you've not looked at onto the world. You're just adding to the confusion. You know, uh, don't win. There's no war to win here. Lose this war. There isn't anyone to lose. That's why you can do it. Just there's no there's no loser. But lose the war here, and that way, when you go out, you'll see the war. You might even get upset about it. You might get irritated. So don't don't interfere with anything. Have your emotions. Have your feelings. It's it's just that when there's no solid being anymore, then there's a, a fundamental understanding of it that's very difficult to tell someone about because it's so very very subjective. 
to use the relative structure. So you can watch the television or listen to your phone or whatever. Participate, be part of it, receive, receive, receive. Uh, going back into Facebook and arguing with somebody is probably not a good idea. Oh, I, I do that rarely, but once in a while. <laughs> once in a while, I <laughs> Not about stopping that. It's kind of confusing because you think, well, shouldn't I try to? No, don't do anything. Just be aware. Be aware and watch. You'll see there's some things you, you cannot resist. But just make sure there's a lot of awareness with whatever that is. Be genuine. Be who you are. Have your emotions. Have your feelings. I sure do. Subject. Mm -hmm. So what does it mean to not do something unless you have to? You have a lot more free time. I mean, <laughs> so how do you not do something? Or how do you? You begin to be, you be, you begin to be more clear about how much of your uh, activity is on impulse or as it is, uh, is about covering something up rather than actually doing something. You're doing something so that you don't have to think or feel or look at some particular thing. Because if you're not doing anything unless you have to, then uh, several things. You can get bored. You, there can be more anxiety. But you have a way of working with it, which is called the sitting practice of meditation. So the anxiety is being uh, covered up by our agenda about things. Well, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to do this. one. I'm going to start doing that, I'm going to do this. Yeah. How does anxiety fit into what you did in, into that? Because the anxiety, uh, if anxiety shows up, we try to stuff it or get rid of it or find some activity. We try to entertain ourselves out of it or cover it up or make it or blame something. Blaming, anytime you have any kind, anything that happens, if you can possibly blame or say it happened because of this and this, even if that's true, that this did happen because uh, of this person or what they said or what they did, even though it's relatively true, it's, it, it's, it's not, um, you're just participating in the confusion and the delusion. So because the causes and conditions that arise as any particular activity are unsearchable, you're not going to find it on Google. You're not going to be able to, there's no way to find out. And even if you did find the source, by the time you found it, you'd be worn out. Your life would be at, at an end and just for one little thing, because the source of anything is not findable as some kind of, oh, I used to wonder why I had that feeling. Now I know. So then another one comes and then you have to search that one. I would say don't, don't search for anything. Look at it. Like you said a few minutes ago about look. Uh, but the difficulty with that is if you sit down and hold still and observe what's happening, it can get difficult. And so we use the body, uh, holding the body still to help keep us, uh, you could say, anchored body. Body uh, awareness is really uh, important there, holding very still and observing. Goes on. Yesterday in book study, we were talking about subliminal thinking. Yes. And as it regards the impending war potentially, it seems like there's a lot of jumping on the bandwagon or collective patriotism. And you don't even know how you, those thoughts that inspired that jumping, you haven't even seen them. It's so under the radar. But it seems like we're still puppets of that. How can you see something that's subliminal? You got a pretty good start. You just use the word puppet. So all, but it's, it's, you don't have to unhook your strings because uh, the, the way in which you're hooked to that uh, are, are not, it's not unhookable because you don't have that much control. People spend their whole life trying to uh, detach themselves from negativity, from negative feelings. 
it's, it's just a misunderstanding. It's a very simple one. And what is the what is the misunderstanding? Assuming there is someone, there's someone that can get better. You cannot improve. I just gave a talk recently. Don't improve. I should have gotten been barraged with questions about that because everybody's trying to get better. No, I'm not trying to get better. Was that your question? <laughs> yes, I am. Go ahead. So how can you not shut down on what's going on or participate? No, give me the question. I want it. How can you participate in a situation that seems insane without joining the insanity? Just, just observe the situation and also observe when you're observing a situation, notice how certain things are, are, are trigger uh, emotions that seem to be like not there, but are triggered in you where you've not examined this uh, negativity and that whatever's happening out there is, triggering your, I just do this with my side, just to say it's in your complex. If you're hiding out from your own aggression, uh, you, you may have some relative success, but when something uh, in your environment that has that same frequency uh, starts to vibrate, uh, you know, it may cause you to vibrate and you may think that that aggression that is basically your uh, particular karma is out there and you need to fight with it or you add to it. So this is why awareness practice is so powerful in uh, to use the relative term, transforming one's uh, um, having a turning about at the basis of consciousness, which grasps at a self. It grasps at someone who can win, someone who can lose, someone who has no control. There, there is no someone. It's this particular path, how many places is this? Uh, uh, I don't know how many places is this even discussed. So there, there's nothing to do. You don't have to do that as a as some kind of agenda. As I'm just not going to do anything. You should do whatever uh, whatever comes up and whatever takes, you know, whatever looks like it should be done next. You should do that. But don't add on to it a lot of other things, a lot of philosophy about it or justification. If you're doing what you need to do, you probably won't be really clear about what that is. Ed. In, in, <clears throat> in a stressful situation like that, how, how do you just stop and look at it? So good one. So the way you do uh, do that, as I, as I understand it, and you ask me the question. So this is the way I would respond to that is train your mind to see how you are at the mercy of your thought patterns and your emotions. Sit down, hold still, do a lot of it. I have to, I'm not saying you can't do quite a bit by just contemplating these ideas, but without a strong awareness practice where you sit down, hold still, strike a gong so you make sure that it has a strong starting and beginning, sit down. Uh, have some come in here. That's what this place is for. So we have a monastery and then watch what moves. And by watching what moves, because what's moving here is what's moving out there. What's moving here is what moving. Go ahead. So when you're out there, you can't yeah. just sit down and, and look at it, right? So what do you do when you're out there? Uh, as little as possible. But you won't be able to take that approach unless you've stopped fighting with your own thought patterns. If you're still fighting with your thoughts and trying to improve, then you're going to take that same attitude out to others and then you'll you'll be upset with people who are uh, insane and they're all over the place. And when I say insane, people who are so self-centered that they think their thoughts and ideas and opinions, especially the ones that are highly educated, especially the people who are uh, have that behind their their ignorance. They're so smart that they can uh, they're all over YouTube, people that are way smarter than this old man. Uh, but that it can think in such a way that it's, it's convincing. You know, sometimes politicians are extremely good at getting you to believe in them and vote for them and so on. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but you should look at it pretty closely. Go ahead. It, it just seems that, that the sitting, when you when you 
take it outside in, in the real life situations that, that it can help you look at situations more clearly, I think. Okay. Is that a correct statement? Yeah. Okay. Question online from Leaflow. Who? It's L I F L O W. I don't know if that's their name or just their. Where are they at? Doesn't say it. Okay. How does one heal from thinking you knowing what your practice is? Look at the wound. Use the heal. And I'm saying, look at the wound. And how do you do that? Hold still and look at the suffering. The Buddha, to use the traditional, did not awaken to uh, to uh, Playland or Happyville or the God Realm. Didn't, uh, the Buddha awoke to suffering. The Buddha awoke to extreme confusion everywhere. Everywhere he looked, he saw the Buddha. He saw the awakened one. And so, it, but he did it through an awareness practice, and uh, that's what I would recommend. The way the question was was uh, put, then I would say, look at the wound. How do you do? Sit down, hold still, and look at whatever is in front of you. Whatever's arising is exactly what you need to see. This is true for anyone. If you sit down, hold still anywhere for any length of time, uh, well, it might take a few hours, few days, few weeks, few months. But to watch what is moving in the mind, because that's your particular way of being deluded, being uh, uh, excluded, and being uh, included. And the inclusion part is what you need to see. Yes. They said they're from Bristol, UK. Good. I like the UK. Hope to go there someday. That rhymes, doesn't it? Robert, you have a question? Oh. No, sir. Um, but thank you. I saw your head wiggle. Okay. I was, that's, that was my head wiggling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be funny. And funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I, I am. I'm very funny, though. You are very funny. <laughs> I know that. Not so much. Huh? <laughs> what? What was that last one? I said, you are never again, not so much. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, people, uh, people laugh at me quite a bit, and I'm always wondering what that is. <laughs> 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 I knew. They're laughing with Exactly. One, one last question. Anyone, especially someone who hasn't asked you a question, or or if you have a question, just let's have it. Okay. Thank you.